All healthcare professionals participating in the podcast are paid consultants of Johnson & Johnson Surgical Vision Incorporated. Product indications and safety information will be available at the end of the episode. Welcome to this podcast series on treating meibomian gland disease. My name is George Waring, and I'm a specialist in advanced vision correction treatments practicing in South Carolina. Joining me today are two exceptional colleagues to discuss how we are diagnosing and treating this condition that seems to be increasing in prevalence and the impact on refractive outcomes. First, we have Tal Raviv, a recognized national leader in the field of cataract and refractive surgery. Dr. Raviv practices at the Eye Center of New York. Welcome, Dr. Raviv. Thank you, Dr. Waring. I'm happy to participate in this very important conversation. We also have Dr. Douglas DeVries. Dr. DeVries is the co-founder of Eye Care Associates of Nevada and limits his practice to surgical co-management and diseases of the eye. He has a particular interest in ocular surface disease, which makes up the majority of his clinical practice. Thank you, Dr. Waring. I always enjoy contributing to the conversation surrounding how we can help our patients with their ocular surface. It's great to have you all here. Dry eye is a multifactorial disease of the tears and oculus surface that impacts patient comfort as well as the quality of the image projected onto the retina. It has been shown in published studies that 86 to 89% of patients with dry eye also have meibomian gland dysfunction. Even though that seems to be an incredibly high number, I feel that it is underestimated. In my practice, I believe well over 95% of my dry eye patients have meibomian gland component. What are you finding in your practices, Dr. Raviv and Dr. DeVries? Meibomian gland disease is ubiquitous and contributes either primarily or secondarily to most cases of dry eye. It is therefore a critical therapeutic target for us. Even if you're currently categorized as aqueous deficient dry eye, improving the function of the meibomian glands improves the quality of the tears you do have and really goes a long way to fixing any dry eye related problem. I liken it a bit to back problems. At some point, most people are going to have back problems, but if you strengthen and optimize the muscles surrounding your back, you can overcome a lot of issues. I feel that way about the meibomian glands. Perhaps because we have a referral clinic, we have an exceptionally high number of patients with dry eye disease. Probably between 67 and 70% of patients that walk in the door have dry eye. Of those patients with dry eye, I would say more than 86% have meibomian gland dysfunction. Our cataract population is in a demographic of high prevalence of MGD and dry eye, and our refractive patients are likely there because they are unhappy with their contact lens wear, which is a likely indication of MGD and dry eye. That's a great point. And at the end of the day, we believe that the tear film is perhaps the most important part of your vision. And in my practice, we feel early identification of those at risk for tear film dysfunction is something that should be prioritized. There is a new study by Dr. Priya Gupta, which reports 42% of participants ages 4 to 17 years with no history of dry eye disease actually had evidence of gland atrophy, and 37% had evidence of gland tortuosity. There are really no subgroups of populations that we can exclude as unlikely to have meibomian gland dysfunction. In our practice, we have made it standard protocol to screen every patient with mimography, a variety of point-of-care tests, and physical examination of the glands. How are you screening for meibomian gland function in your practices? 
Every cataract surgery patient that comes into our office gets a questionnaire that derives from the SPEED and OSDI questionnaires, but then also includes questions about visual goals and other things specific to our office. This gives me an opportunity to discover symptomatology and if they are using artificial tears right at the outset, and it allows me to document it. If the answers show any symptoms at all, that triggers my staff to perform gland imaging with the Liposcan Dynamic Mybomian Imager and MMP9 testing. As a refractive cataract surgeon, I perform topography on every patient, and it is not uncommon for me to find dry eye in patients with no symptoms at all. Patients say they have blurry vision and perhaps only attributed to their cataract, but looking at their topography, I can see that there is irregularity in their tear film. Slit lamp examination usually confirms rapid tear breakup time, and when I manually express the glands, I often find mybomian gland obstruction. Mybomian gland dysfunction will not be obvious in many cases if you're just looking at the lid. If you're not specifically asking patients about their symptoms and looking at the gland structure and function, you'll miss it. First, every patient that comes into my office gets a speed questionnaire, whether they are an existing patient or a surgical referral patient. If they have a score of six or greater on the speed tests, that will generate other point-of-care testing, such as tear osmolarity, MMP9, and mybography. This is handled by our technicians before I even see the patient. In addition, I manually express the glands of every single patient just to look at the quality of the mybum. The quality of the mybum will really represent what stage of disease the patient is at. Some turbidity and a little discoloration is early mybomian gland disease. Thick mybum that is approaching unexpressible is advanced disease. But if you don't have a mybographer or you don't want to invest in one right now, all you have to do is get a cotton tip applicator and press on the mybomian glands. Mybomian gland dysfunction is only non-obvious if you aren't looking at the glands. Once you have pressed on the glands and see the quality of the mybum, you will know immediately if a patient has healthy glands or not. It does not have to be complicated. You simply have to decide to check your patient's glands. I totally agree. And we learn early on in ophthalmology how to evaluate the quality and quantity of mybum by applying pressure individually to the oil ducts. Although we're adept at this, it's not something that is utilized commonly enough in everyday practice. We know there's a diagnostic and a therapeutic effect to releasing early keratinization of the mybomian glands, which if not done, can lead to constriction of the orifices and result in chronically inflamed glands and eventually disfigured anatomy. There have been a number of devices developed to aid with manual expression to treat MGD, but it can often be time-consuming and perhaps sub-therapeutic due to the absence of a thermal component. That's why the advent of the Lipiflow thermal pulsation system is so important. It has a bimodal effect and first melts the static waxes into liquefied oil and then simultaneously expresses the clogged and flame glands with a treatment that lasts exactly 12 minutes. I'm constantly amazed that on the doorstep of the year 2020, it's taken us this long to evolve beyond warm washcloths and lid massages to an advanced means of treatment for mybomian gland dysfunction. I completely agree, Dr. Waring. I've been focused on ocular surface disease for over 20 years and have done lid scrubs, warm compresses, manual expression, and topical antibacterials. I've been addressing it for a long time, but it wasn't until Lipoflow Thermal Pulsation System that we had a tool to treat our patients where we could see great results with one treatment from a single device. If a gland is producing mybum, a warm compress may help it continue to produce mybum. 
But if they have an obstruction, a warm compress will not clear out the meibomian gland. We need to remove the obstruction to keep the glands function as well as possible. If you're using manual expression, you're trying to push out mybum that has solidified, and it will be very uncomfortable for the patient, and you will not get the same results as with Lipoflow thermal pulsation system. With Lipoflow, the lid temperature drops precipitously after the heat is withdrawn. You can watch the device as it continues to monitor lid temperature after the procedure is complete and observe that the lid temperature drops 6 to 8 degrees within the first 20 seconds. That tells me if you're trying to manually heat the lids and then express them, you're going to have some challenges. Gland stasis and inflammation are comorbid. We don't know if the inflammation causes the gland to be occluded or if the occluded glands precede the deterioration of the components of the tear. Therefore, I always tell the patient in our very first encounter that we're going to have to do something with their glands because MGD is a chronic progressive condition. This is very true. We know that most patients are not simply aqueous deficient or have meibomian gland dysfunction, but have a combination of factors. And in my patients, nearly everyone has meibomian gland dysfunction in addition to whatever else. We are seeing that obstruction is relatively common in the population, probably due to society becoming more digitized and blinking less, so it needs to be addressed. And we know that removing obstruction makes an identifiable, positive improvement in the symptoms and signs of the condition. We want to do something that addresses the root of this function, removes the obstruction, and can actually improve the function of the glands instead of a palliative approach such as drops. Well said. All of us here today are very focused on refractive surgical outcomes, be that cataract surgery or another refractive surgery. I feel that the tear film is the most important part of our complex optical system and really should be a priority. Dr. Raviv, can you address specifically the ways in which visual outcomes are negatively impacted if the patient does not have a healthy tear film? Yes. A poor tear film, which we have discussed is most frequently related to meibomian gland dysfunction, impacts the cataract and refractive surgeon in three very important ways. First, is that an unstable tear film produces false keratometry readings, which can lead to significantly off biometric measurements. We work very hard to get our patients to Plano something that is particularly important with multifocal or toric lenses. And studies have shown that a compromised tear film can lead to an IOL selection that is up to one diopter off target. It is also very common that if the ocular surface is damaged, we will see abnormal readings of irregular astigmatism, which can significantly affect our treatments, whether LRIs or toric IOLs, and lead to improper lens selection. The impact of the ocular surface on obtaining good biometry cannot be overstated. The second way that ocular surface influences our surgical results is with visual outcomes. Even if our biometry is accurate, if the patient has a compromised tear film and we insert a multifocal lens, the loss of contrast from the lens combined with the loss of contrast caused by dry eye may lead to very poor overall vision. The patient's quality of vision for the rest of their life is incumbent upon maintaining a good ocular surface with healthy tears. The third reason to really be on top of your game in regards to meibomian gland function prior to surgery is that even if a patient has no symptoms prior to surgery, they may have symptoms afterwards. In any kind of surgery we do, cytokines are released and inflammation is instigated. It's not uncommon for patients to comment that their eyes are dry, red, or burning following cataract or refractive surgery. If we identify the situation preoperatively, we can set the patient's expectations and they understand that it's a pre-existing condition that has flared up. But just as with 
epiretinal membranes or other pathology, if it's not found prior to surgery, then the perception is that the surgeon caused it. Dr. Raviv, that is very true. And in addition, as a referral center, it's a very awkward conversation when you identify a condition and tell a patient that it needs to be treated and they say, why didn't my referring doctor tell me about this? These are excellent points. At some point in our lives, most of us will struggle with some form of dry eye. We feel that optimizing the tear film is crucially important to optimizing our surgical outcomes because it allows for the most pristine input from biometrics. But most importantly, I believe taking care of my patients' meibomian glands contributes substantially to their ocular health and their vision performance. Thank you to Dr. Aviv and Dr. DeVries for joining me today. To learn more about LipaFlow, visit jnjvisionpro.com. And be sure to look out for Episode 2, where Drs. Waring, Parkhurst, Sines, and DeVries discuss different ways to treat MGD and the ocular surface. Indications and important safety information for LipaFlow thermopulsation system. Prescription only. Indications. The LipaFlow thermopulsation system is intended for the application of localized heat and pressure therapy in adult patients with chronic cystic conditions of the eyelids, including meibomian gland dysfunction, MGD, also known as evaporative dry eye or lipid deficiency dry eye. Contraindications. Do not use the LipaFlow system in patients with the following conditions. Use of the device in patients with these conditions may cause injury. Safety and effectiveness of the device have not been studied in patients with these conditions. Ocular surgery within prior three months, including intraocular, oculoplastic, corneal, or refractive surgery procedure. Ocular injury within prior three months. Ocular herpes of eye or eyelid within prior three months. Active ocular infection. Active ocular inflammation or history of chronic recurrent ocular inflammation within prior three months. Eyelid abnormalities that affect lid function. Ocular surface abnormality that may compromise corneal integrity. Precautions. The activator or activator 2 disposable may not fit all eyes, such as eyes with small pulpebral fornices. Use of the LipiFlow system in patients with the following conditions may result in reduced treatment effectiveness because these conditions may cause ocular symptoms unrelated to cystic meibomian glands and require other medical management. Safety and effectiveness of the device have not been studied in patients with these conditions. Moderate to severe grade 2 to 4 allergic, vernal, or giant papillary conjunctivitis. Severe grade 3 or 4 eyelid inflammation. Patients with severe eyelid inflammation should be treated medically prior to device use. Systemic disease conditions that cause dry eye. Taking medications known to cause dryness. Acidic eyelid and eyelash procedures. In addition, the treatment procedure may loosen previously inserted punctal plugs, which may worsen the patient's dry eye symptoms. Adverse effects. Potential adverse effects that may occur as a result of the procedure include but are not limited to the onset or increase in eyelid eye pain requiring discontinuation of treatment procedure, eyelid irritation or inflammation, ocular surface irritation or inflammation, ocular symptoms, burning, stinging, tearing, itching, discharge, redness, 
foreign body sensation, visual disturbance, sensitivity to light. Potential serious adverse events, defined as permanent impairment or damage to a body structure or function, or necessitates medical or surgical intervention to preclude permanent impairment or damage to a body structure or function that are not anticipated because of the device mitigations to prevent occurrence include thermal injury to the eyelid or eye, including conjunctiva, cornea, or lens, physical pressure-induced injury to the eyelid, and ocular surface corneal infection. Attention. Reference the Lipoflow Thermal Pulsation System instructions for use for a complete listing of indications, warnings, and precautions. Indications and important safety information for Lipiscan Dynamic Mybomian Imager. Prescription only. Indications. Lipiscan Dynamic Mybomian Imager, DMI, is an ophthalmic imaging device intended for use by a physician in adult patients to capture, archive, manipulate, and store digital images of the meibomian glands. Contraindications No contraindications have been identified for the Lipiscan. Precautions Caution Disinfect the surfaces of the chin rest, forehead rest, and handheld near-infrared IR litiverter with isopropyl alcohol immediately prior to use and prior to storage to prevent cross-contamination and patient infection. Adverse Effects There are no known or anticipated adverse effects associated with the use of this device. Attention! Reference the Lipiscan Dynamic Mybomian Imager instructions for use for a complete listing of indications, warnings, and precautions.